and welcome back to Debatable. Last night was budget night. Very exciting for the politics nerds. Everybody else should still care about it because it will impact your life in some way. Um, I created a summary of the main budget announcements on Instagram, which you can go and check out. And that kind of had the top level details, but really everything um, you should need to know will be in there. I will link that in the show notes, but this episode is not going to be about that. Instead, I want to raise a question that underscores the entire budget response, almost more like the theory of a budget or a financial recovery at all. Um, We are in a recession. Everybody knows that. Depressing. So a lot of the analysis and criticism that will come out um, around this budget will be focused on whether or not it's the right plan to actually get us out of the recession. And the question is, Really, what's the best way to repair an economy, public or private-led recovery? That pretty quickly becomes an ideological debate and one that defines the, the two political parties in opposition to each other. So in general, the Liberals tend to prefer private sector spending and Labor tends to prefer public sector spending. And every budget will have a mixture of both, but there's going to be a kind of clear emphasis on one or the other. So for this specific problem and for this specific recession, which solution is the best? The budget that was handed down last night is a textbook example of private sector-led recovery. So uh, in this episode, we're going to go right back down to the basics. The private sector is the business sector. Commercial organizations that generate or at least try to generate profits. And the idea behind private sector-led recovery is that as this sector makes up the biggest portion of the entire economy, helping businesses continue is the quickest way that we can get back to normal. If lots of businesses are losing money and closing down, then that means lots of people are also losing their jobs, which means those people have less money to spend, which also contributes to the businesses of which those people are customers also losing money and also closing down. And that is the depressing chicken and egg cycle that we are trying to get out of. So in a private sector-led strategy, the government says, okay, let's help businesses stay afloat. That's the focus. Let's help them return to profit. And by helping them continue to operate, they'll be able to keep staff. And if they're even able to grow, they will be able to hire new staff. And that's essentially how funding private businesses helps put money back into people's pockets and gets the economy moving again. And that's why most of the cash from the 2020 budget is going to businesses, to really quite a wide range of businesses, both small and quite big, and through a variety of methods from tax write-offs and exemptions to wage subsidies to funding and, and grants and those kind of things. So really, the government is just trying to make sure that as many people as possible can get a job and that the jobs in those businesses remain as stable as possible so that we've all got more money to live our lives comfortably. The alternative strategy is public sector recovery. Again, to get down to the basics so that we all understand you know, what we're talking about, the public sector is everything that the government provides. And I think most people will probably immediately think of 
welfare and social services, but, you know, it's also things like public education and public health systems, public transport, defence, everything like that. In economic recovery that's led by the public sector, the government basically provides funding for more services that people need so that we can spend the money that we do have on other things rather than using it to pay for the things that the government could be providing. That's the basic principle of it. This usually also comes with a focus on low and middle income earners as the people who are kind of most at risk and the most impacted during a recession. There's also a line of thinking that lower income earners are more likely to spend the extra money that they end up with, which, I mean, that's of course is the goal to get the money circulating in the economy. Whereas the more wealthy population are perhaps more inclined to save it or keep it circulating in their high income circles, which don't need as much help. So to give an example, the government might increase the money for rent assistance, helping you to spend less of your own money on rent with the idea that you now can take that money, you now have more money to spend in the private sector. So by paying for more of your essentials, they basically free up your own money to be spent with for-profit businesses, therefore helping those businesses to stay afloat and keeping people in those jobs. So it's the same goal as the private sector-led recovery, just approached from a different angle and almost with um, more responsibility from the government itself. Both styles have their merits um, and they clash as well and they ask some really good questions of our society as a whole. So people who support public sector recovery would say, what good is a job if you don't have an affordable place to live? If you don't have somewhere that you can come and put your head down at the end of the day and rest. And that is really a particularly valid criticism in Australia with housing prices in the major cities being so high which also drags the rent up as well, um, and wages have not increased at the same rate. That's just a fact. So this is a really legitimate problem. But on the flip side, the private sector strategy says, well, what good is free or cheap housing if there are no jobs for you to work at, to make money at, to you know eventually pay for your own place? And again, that's a really valid point too, because as an individual, should your goal be to rely on government services forever? Like, do we really need to be stuck at a financial level that means you can only live in government housing? And I think most people would say no. Like, even if we need help for a period of time in our lives, we don't want that to be our fate forever if we can avoid it. And like, of course, there are extreme circumstances um, and that's not to speak on those. But I think for the majority of people, we would like to have help available when we need it, but we don't want to to have to rely on that help forever for the rest of our lives. And that's also just one example as well. Like this whole argument isn't really focused on housing per se, but it's just about how do we find the line between providing financial motivators and providing financial support. I think another big factor in this, and it's one that's really hard to face up to, is that the goal of all of this is to bring the economy back to life as a whole for as many people as possible. And it feels heartless to say this, but at this point in time, the goal is sadly not to help every single person find stability. Like no government will ever come out and say that, but it's the truth. Like some people will be left behind under both options. That's the reality. And 
I I think it's risky to criticize any plan based on the fact that it doesn't cater to 100% of people and 100% of scenarios. And that's regardless of whether it focuses on private or public sectors. That goes for both strategies. Where I stand on all of this and whether I personally think the private sector approach of the 2020 budget is a good one for this recession, I'm not 100% sure. Um, So far, I'm kind of leaning towards yes, but I still have lots of reading to do and there is lots of reading out there. So that's probably going to be how I spend this day. But I do think there is another element at play around how the impact of COVID has changed our spending habits and it's almost like spooked people. And I think that's like that would change the dynamics of everything too. Even for myself, I know that even if I had more cash right now, I'm still a bit scared of spending and I'm still wary of the uncertainty and how quickly everything changed and how quickly it could change again. So I'm trying to save and I'm trying to be more like quote unquote responsible. Um, And I wonder how that on a much larger scale, if everybody's behaviors have changed in the same way, how does that impact these recovery plans? I'm not sure. If you've listened to more than one episode of Debatable, you will know that I never have the answer at the end. So we may as well just leave this here. Um, I always say this, but it really is true. My DMs are always open and I do want to hear your opinion on what you thought of the budget, what you think is the best way to fix the economy if I got anything wrong in this little episode. Um, So please send a message there or you can send an email to hey at zfeed.com.au. Zfeed is now my full-time venture. So if you find any of this content thought-provoking, there are a few ways that you can help me keep the dream alive. First, you could share the podcast, the website, or the Instagram account with any of your big thinking friends. You could rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts, or just talk about these topics with a mate. We're trying to change the world one conversation at a time.